Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning and welcome to our show, Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm the Director of Community Outreach. How many of you were part of a club when you were a kid? Any kind of club. Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, Key Club, maybe a faith-based club like Awana or VBS. Maybe it was an academic club like 4-H or Junior Achievement or a sports club like Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Maybe it was even the Mickey Mouse Club. I don't know. So many different options. But being part of a club was a great way to make friends. It's a great way to share similar interests with other kids. And it was an opportunity to belong somewhere, right? Well, today we're going to learn about two clubs that we can be a part of as adults. Again, there are a number of options out there to get involved with a club or an organization that really speaks to what you're passionate about. And many of them have the ability to have a major impact on others, which is really great. My first guests today are Steve Chevalier, president of the Rotary Club of Milwaukee, and Joe Caruso, past president and chair. So welcome to the show today, Steve and Joe. Good to be here. Thank, Thank you, you, Joe. Joe. Thank you, Thank you to Ellen Becker Investments for inviting us and telling the Rotary story. Absolutely. You are very, uh, very welcome. We're looking forward to hearing all about it. So many people have heard of the Rotary Club, I'm sure. It's a national organization, but what does it really mean to be a Rotarian? Well, I... I'd like to answer that in that it it is a place where you can take action, you can do good things, you can connect with people, you can connect with your community, and I think that you also have the opportunity to do as a group much more than you might be able to accomplish as an individual. Very nice. So how did you then, Joe, get involved with the organization? It was kind of interesting. I was um, uh, at my job, and my boss uh, encouraged me to join Rotary. We were looking for some strategic community involvements, and uh, we had a friend who was also asking for me to join, and I, I did. And I was just blown away by how important not only is the organization of the community, but how much I got out of it on a, on a weekly basis, because we do meet every week. Okay. And so um, not only every week, but we also have other activities uh, throughout the, the month and the year that give us an opportunity to uh, actually accomplish something for the community or have good fellowship and socialize together. So there's, it's just a really great experience all around. Yeah. Were you surprised by the impact that it had? You know, we talk about people feeding their passion, right? And that you want to make an impact somehow out in the world. Were you surprised at the, the impact that it has? I was because I always considered it more locally and that they had, uh, you know, these local events. But the more I, the longer I was in Rotary, the more I got to understand that there was a real sense of purpose here to do things that were extraordinary, uh, in, just not only in the community, but in the world. Mm-hmm. Purpose and passion, those are two big things, yes. two key things. Steve, what about us? My Rotary what story about is you? quite similar. I was sitting in a business meeting with some friends, and after the meeting, the question came up, what do you do for your community? And they mentioned Rotary. And I said, oh, yeah, I've heard of Rotary, but what is Rotary, really? So they described a little bit about it, and they said, you know, the Rotary Club of Milwaukee meets every Tuesday, so why don't you come as our guest? So I came to a couple of meetings at their behest. I really enjoyed the programs because I'm kind of a lifelong learner. The programs are amazingly interesting. We have people from all climes of life 
different areas of expertise, different subjects. Every week uh, we have governors, we have politicians, we have doctors, we have uh, business people. It's, it's really uh, an interesting event just to go to that. But it also gave me a chance to do service to the community and I would never would have uh, done a lot of the things I've done over the last 12 years if I had not joined Rotary. Quite selfishly, it's probably one of the best things I've done for my personal development and for the community in the last 12 years. Mm, wonderful. Well, we know that there are um, uh, programs and, and things out there that, uh, that uh, people that are in need can reach out for. Um, but do you find that there's a crossover there with Rotary? I mean, there are a number of organizations out there that can provide for basic needs. You know, there's welfare, there's the, you know, different social services out there. But where would you say Rotary steps into the mix? Well, we fill a, a number of holes. I think with all the great social networks that we have to protect people and take care of people, there's still a lot of things that are missing. For example, we have a scholarship program that helps first-time college students and their family, most of whom are minority students. We not only give them money to help them get into college, give them guidance, but we have a mentoring program. One of the proudest days of my life was uh, after mentoring a young lady who was going to Alverno for a number of years, uh, I was the only non-family person invited to her graduation. So it was really a kick to be there, see her graduate, and be part of that event. I was very proud. Awesome, awesome. Well, you know, and we have impact globally, too. Um, Rotary is, on a daily basis as a worldwide organization, uh, creating partnerships to help people throughout the world. We currently have a project in Guatemala where we are uh, very much involved. We have a partnership with Engineers Without Borders, and we're building schools and water systems and also bridges. Uh, we're working with a set of villages where they are in um, in the mountains, and there is a gorge with a stream at the bottom, and that gorge, uh, or that stream, I should say, is fordable most of the most of the year. But during the rainy season, it floods, and these villages are cut off. So their sources of income, whether that's through goods that they manufacture and trade or whether it's the you know being able to get supplies in uh, were seriously impaired by that uh, so there were bridges built that could be used throughout the year above the flood stage and that in turn made the quality of life in those villages much much greater uh, and was uh, made those villages have more impact and help their economy a great deal. So you had a global touch, if you will, from right here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, reaching out across the border and uh, and making a difference. Again, the reason that we do this show is to share with uh, our listeners different ways that they can have an impact. And it's wonderful to see that even though you're local here, your stretch, your your reach is, is global. Well, and there's a hands-on component to this, too, because a number of our members actually took a trip down to Guatemala. Oh, nice. And they participated in helping with the construction of schools and the water system um, and the bridges. The bridges actually had to get repaired, too. And with the help of the local Rotary Clubs from down there. Yeah. That's our connection. Oh, and they're okay. the ones that helped okay. us do the need assessment. And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention polio, Joe. You know, Rotary has been extremely... Uh, uh, and played a major part in eliminating polio throughout the world, at least 99.9% of it, with the help of the Gates Foundation. Rotary International has given billions of dollars, literally, and our members not only contribute money 
and have fundraisers, but we also have uh, had members go and actually uh, give out the vaccines. Mm. And we have speakers every Tuesday that we honor with the purchase of 50 additional doses of the vaccine just to continue our efforts in polio. So mm. it's, it's been a fantastic success. And it must be wonderful. It must be very fulfilling uh, to know that you're a part of that, right? Very much so. And, you know, unlike in this country where your kids will get their polio vaccination, in other parts of the world, because of the, the fact that polio is still there and still present, uh, there has to be multiple inoculations okay. in order for that vaccine to be effective. So they are, you know, even though we've eradicated in some countries, we have to go back and continue to immunize in order to keep that country polio free. Mm-hmm. Well, the it's interesting to get the history behind the organization. Um, the The first Rotary Club was actually started in Chicago in 1905 by a lawyer named Paul Harris. He gathered a group of men together in the spirit of friendship, each of whom was engaged in a different form of public service. So when did the Rotary Club first come to Wisconsin, and what type of service to the public are they engaged in? We talked about some of those things here, but we're going to elaborate a little bit more. So stay tuned to find out what inquiring minds want to know. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Steve Chevalier and Joe Caruso from the Rotary Club of Milwaukee. So when did the Rotary Club actually come to Wisconsin? The Rotary Club of Milwaukee started in 1913. Uh, It was uh, about seven years after, or eight years after the founding of the first club in Chicago. Uh, It Uh, It just celebrated its 100th anniversary six years ago in 2013, and as part of that celebration, we worked on the uh, Urban Ecology Center's uh, Milwaukee Rotary Arboretum, which is a project along the Milwaukee River uh, and along Riverside Park between North Avenue uh, and Locust Street, where we've revitalized 40 acres of brownfields into a beautiful uh, savanna-like setting along the river and restored it. Now, you said that... Uh, the Milwaukee Club started in 1913? Right. Okay. Um, so, and I think in conversations that we've had in the past, you had mentioned that there's over 150 statewide clubs and about 55 in this district alone. And so if people want to get involved, there's a place for them to go, right? There's a lot of... No uh, shortage. That's right. There's over 50 clubs in probably in the listening area that this station reaches. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. And well, all you have to do is Google uh, Rotary, basically, and you'll find the names of a lot of the local clubs, or you can Google the uh, MilwaukeeRotaryClub.com uh, to contact the Milwaukee Club. Okay. Do you guys ever work together, you know, statewide, or do you guys each have kind of your own your own thing that you do? There are a number of opportunities for Rotary Clubs to work together. Uh, there are several clubs that help us with our Guatemala project that okay. we mentioned earlier. And uh, this is, a, this is a, a, an impact kind of thing where uh, there may be multiple clubs uh, in a community and they will get together to do something like uh, build a ballpark or 
uh, renovate a park, something like that. They'll, okay. th- there, there is lots of room for cooperation. Okay. And the Club of Milwaukee is like the second largest in the state, right? That's correct. Yeah, Madison being the largest and Milwaukee being number two. So, again, lots of uh, lots of opportunities there for people. But you had mentioned some of the things that you're involved in. You know, I'm curious about impact. You know, we want to understand how people who step up to the plate are going to make an impact. So, can you share a little bit more about some of the other things that you're involved in in terms of service to the public? Well, we we have a tutoring program. We've adopted two schools uh, in the Milwaukee public school system with the students with reading. For example, I tutor once a week at Brown Street, and the the interesting story there is my wife went to Brown Street Academy, and her mother actually went to Brown Street Academy. So when I walk into those 100-year-old halls, it's very interesting, and it's really cool to sit with the third and fourth graders and find out that they probably know more than I do about (laughs) a lot of things. Uh, but it's a it's a very worthwhile feeling. Oh, I bet and for your wife, we, it's wonderful to come come back home mm-hmm. to her roots. And a, another uh, thing that we do with children is uh, reading is fundamental. So we've adopted about six or seven schools. We buy books. We take them to the schools. We award them to the most improved readers. It's a volunteer effort with Rotarians, uh, doing it probably three or four times a year. And it's great fun to go and hand out books and talk to the kids and tell them a little bit about Rotary and encourage their reading. Yeah, so yeah. They we, used to have, when my kids were in grade school, and that was a while ago, but they did have, like, these these incentives for reading. You know, you could get a Pizza Hut coupon or you could get, um, you know, some other kind of uh, – um, accolade for a certain number of minutes for, of reading, and I don't think they have those as much as they have had in the past. So it's nice to know, you know, to encourage young minds to be reading because readers are leaders, as they say. That's true, and and there's a significant number of the children that are given books that these are the first books that they're owning, mm. and so they, so they do, get to take them home. They get to take them home. Okay. They get to keep them. Uh, they get to read them over and over again. And so this is a good way to encourage reading and then hopefully develop that leadership through the reading. And exactly. Expand yeah. their, their horizons. Absolutely. And then, again, you have uh, a Rotarian there as a mentor to uh, encourage them and help them along the way. So that's great. Um, now, I had mentioned before that uh, Rotary was a national organization. But as you said, Joe, it, it is actually an international club. And you guys have 35,000 member clubs and 1.2 million members worldwide. I mean, that's really significant. Tell, tell us some more about international efforts. You had well, mentioned some before, but... Well, we're in a couple of hundred countries, but the fact is that, you know, a lot of times uh, um, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, mm-hmm. and I think that's true with Rotary because with Rotary, for example, money that we donate to Rotary International goes into a foundation, and this foundation then helps, gives that money back to their clubs as they either create projects on their own or partner with other Rotary clubs to have a significant impact on projects that are sustainable throughout the world. So we've talked about uh, polio a little bit, which is one aspect. Uh, We're very involved in water projects. Uh, We do work with schools. Uh, We do work with um, uh, having people learn more about peacemaking and conflict resolution mm-hmm. so that Rotary does sponsor a number of scholars who are expert, have expertise in that and who work throughout the world to make our world a better place. And so I'm thinking, you know, how do you bring those to the people in need, to the people that can provide 
uh, uh, or help with that need. And you're saying that you have Rotarian clubs over there that are making that connection, and then they reach back out to the states, to the clubs back here, and get people involved that way. That's exactly how it works. I yeah. mean, there's, there's. So I mean, you're city. not sending people from here over there. You've actually we, got organizations over we, we there. We cannot do a project there unless there's a needs assessment on the ground by the local clubs and people. So that oh, okay. we don't want to just go and put in a well and a year later have it not work anymore. Sure, we want sure. to have sustainability. Yeah. So it's important for people yeah. to be there to follow up. Yeah. Okay. Another important local project that we should mention is the Milwaukee Equine Stables. The police department for years had to. Uh, uh, house their horses way out in Caledonia, and it was a long trip to bring them in to the Milwaukee Police Department to the city. So what we've done is we have supported a local group who have built uh, beautiful new stables on First and Lincoln at an old industrial site. Uh, it's going to be uh, used for the police department's patrol horses and for equine therapy. Uh, for tr for example, veterans with PTSD, children okay. who have uh, autism and uh, this type of therapy has been proven to be a good resource for them. Yeah. So we've had people that have been on that board and have actually contributed substantial amounts of money to that project. Well, you got your hands involved in a lot of different things. That's exciting, right? Over the years, we tend to have, every few years, have tried to have a major project that'll have a big impact on the community. And uh, for example, uh, just before we got into the Milwaukee Urban Stables, uh, we were involved in a renovation of an urban park, Johnson's Park, which is essentially 17th and Fond du Lac, and actually across from Brown Street Academy. And that park was rated, had the lowest rating, it was the worst park in the county system. So uh, there was a great need in that neighborhood because it was a developing neighborhood, it was a transitioning neighborhood. And they, uh, they came to us and we looked at the uh, opportunity to help design the park, give the park better design, put in ball fields, practice fields, a performance stage, uh, walking paths, lighting, and a number of other improvements that turned that park totally around. Wonderful. Well, wow, very nice. A lot of connections there. But question then would be funding. So how do you support these efforts then, you know, financially, both things that are going on locally, like the park you mentioned, uh, national programs and international. Do you fundraise or do you strictly have donations? How does that work? We fundraise a lot within our club, but we also are able to tap into the Rotary Foundation grants that we talked about earlier. And uh, we are also, we are able to leverage other partners. So for, I'll use the Johnson's Park um, as an example where we were able to, through the fact that we had the credibility of Rotary being involved and we did have money put up for that, we were able to secure grants uh, oh, okay. from a number of different organizations. We got support from the Brewers. Oh, nice. Uh, yes, and we, we had, uh, again, we're with you know the whole project became greater than the sum of its parts. The Center for Resilient Cities was Centers, involved in that. Yeah. A number of foundations, local foundations. Yep. Nice. So it's important for Rotary to have strategic partnerships uh, with different organizations, right? So, and that I mean, and that speaks to it. the credibility of Rotary and the yeah. fact that often our members are part of these organizations that we like to have a strategic alignment with. So so help us understand. Um, some of the different partnerships that you have with organizations? Well, well the, the Milwaukee Rotary Club <clears throat> excuse me, has 380 members, and the members come from uh, every walk of life. For example, I work 
Uh, one of my jobs is to work uh, as a director of the Zilber Family Foundation. We partner with Rotary. We help out on projects and we'll make financial donations on a project that we feel is appropriate for our cause. We have uh, uh, other foundations that we're working with and organizations. Well, and yes, and we um, and our members extend out into the community in a number of different ways. Uh, for example, uh, a number of our members have been leaders and contributors to the McKee Christmas Club. Okay. We're actually going to be working. hearing from them next, so that's that's a nice segue there. Um, so you're working with the McKee Christmas Club. So you both are Rotarians, and you both are involved on that side as well. So we're going to actually hear from them next. But um, So was the gentleman that started that uh, nonprofit, was he a Rotarian? Well, he certainly had Rotarian roots because his uh, son was a president of our club in 1961. He was a district governor in 1968. And uh, his granddaughter is still a member of our club and very active in McKee. So Rotary runs deep at McKee, right? It does, yes. (laughs) Okay, well, uh, as always, we never have enough time to talk about everything we want to talk about, but we're trying to plant a seed here. So if we have listeners that are interested in becoming a Rotarian or donating uh, to the cause, uh, where should they go to get more information? Well, we're encouraging people to look into Rotary. It's, It's As I said, it was one of the greatest service opportunities that I found and it's a great learning opportunity. We have probably 20 clubs just in the standard metropolitan district here in the Milwaukee area. We've got 55 clubs in the district. We have, as you mentioned, 150 clubs in the state. Uh, If you go elsewhere throughout the country, you can visit a Rotarian uh, Rotary Club uh, if you're a member and and check in and you're invited to lunch or for the speaker. Uh, So, you know, I think getting people involved in Rotary would really open up their eyes to service opportunities and uh, learning opportunities and they could find their clubs by going clubs in their their communities or nearby communities at rotary.org. Okay, well that's easy. rotary.org. Go visit it. Check yep. it out. Lots of good things there. Uh, so thank you for being here today, Steve and Joe, to share with us more about what it means to be a Rotarian. Thank you for your service. Um, so let's learn more about this local nonprofit that's making a difference for families here in Milwaukee throughout the Christmas season. Stay tuned to hear more about a family legacy that started back in 1917 over lunch at the University Club. We'll be back in a moment. Thank you. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. My next guests today are Sally Vliet, who is the current chair at McKee Christmas Club, and Joe Caruso, who is with us in the first two segments. He's actually a past chair and board member at McKee. So thank you for being here today, Sally and Joe. Thank you, Jill. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us, Jill. We're thrilled to be here. And we're excited to learn more about McKee. So we understand that the McKee Christmas Club was started by a Rotarian back in 1917 over a lunch meeting at the University Club. So in the words of Paul Harvey, give us the rest of the story, dot, dot, dot. Oh, man. I, there's... <laughs> I set you up so great, Joe. Here we go. You're on. <laughs> well, I'll, let, let me just start off by giving you some dimensions about the club. We serve... Approximately 240 households uh, each year. Um, about 95 of those are seniors, senior households. The others are families with children. 
And Sally, I think we serve uh, about 400 to 500 children per year, if that's correct. Yep. So we have, we have a s- tremendous impact in a very, very short time. And it is totally member supported. So our member, well, it's we have we do have some others that contribute, but the main support comes from the members because they give through their dues and they also give through their time and talents. Mm-hmm. Okay, wonderful. Well, what what was it then about the club? I mean, there's all these good things, right? But what was it specifically about the club that intrigued you? So why why did you get involved? I got involved because I was looking for another way to serve. I had been a member of the Rotary Club. I was going to say, you already yeah. are. But gosh, you're just <laughs> so all over, I, Joe. Yeah, so you're at the Rotary Club. Now you're hopping over to uh, McKee. Well, That's all good. It's all my, good. My children were grown, but they weren't married yet, so I didn't have grandchildren. Ah. And it was something I could do with my wife. And it made us do something that was made us feel very good and impact during the, the Christmas season. So, But once you're doing it, you want to keep doing it. Right. We know that people have needs all throughout the year, not just at Christmas. So it's really nice to know that the impact, even though it's McKee Christmas Club, you do have a major impact at Christmas. But what you do goes beyond the holiday season. Right, Sally? Why don't you tell us your story? Yes, correct. So I grew up in the North Shore of Milwaukee, and I came from a very or I come from a very service oriented family. My father was a past Rotary president and past chair of McKee. And my grandparents have been involved as well, as well as my mother. But I did learn at a very young age from volunteering with them that not everybody was able to have the life that I had growing up. I would see that, you know, kids wouldn't have gifts like I did at Christmas time, or they did not have enough warm clothes or even food to have around the holidays. And that really actually hit home when I became a teacher in the city of Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And I would have students who knew they wouldn't be getting the gifts that their friends or classmates would be getting, or they wouldn't be getting enough warm clothes. And, you know, they might not even have like a lot of family members to be around them at the holidays. And as a teacher, you know, you see that and that just really gets you. So, excuse me. So when my father invited me to join McKee with him, that um, was a wonderful experience because it made everything tangible. I was able to buy the gifts for the stu- the children and buy the clothes for the families and the food and then deliver them. And it really just made it, made you feel like you were giving back in a way that you didn't know you could. Yeah. And I think sometimes we, we get lost in the, the awesomeness, if you will, of Christmas, which <laughs> is wonderful, but we really have to be cognizant of the fact that there's a lot of people out there that don't have what we have. And I, I commend you as a young person to have recognized that and to then uh, uh, want to do something about it. Again, I will, oh, sorry. Yeah. I will say once you get into McKee, it's hard to get out because you mm-hmm. just you almost get addicted to giving back because it is such a wonderful experience. I'm after sure. Year. I'm sure. You must both be very proud to be part of great organizations and you uh your your dad and your grandparents uh grandparents your grandfather being involved mm-hmm. in rotary um what do you think douglas mckee would think about the the club today oh gosh i think he would be very proud i mean it grew from just a handful of friends giving back to the community and only reaching a small number because there were a small amount of them and now we have over 300 active members and we've reached 240 households Mm, that's wonderful. Well, we've heard from the people involved in the giving aspect, 
which is great, of which Joe and Sally are part of that. And you could be, too, any of the listeners, if they're interested mm-hmm. in, in uh, becoming a member of the McKee Christmas Club. But what about the recipients? You know, we talked a little bit about that, but what's the, the average profile of a recipient uh, of the club's gifts, and who selects them? Uh, stay tuned, and we're going to learn about more, uh, more about that after we get back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach for Ellen Becker, and I'm talking today with Sally Vliet and Joe Caruso from the McKee Christmas Club. So we talked a little bit uh, in the previous segment about the recipients. You've got over 240 families, over 400 children. That's fantastic. Why don't you tell us more about them? All right. So we work every year with six different nonprofit agencies, including Aurora Family Services, Sojourner Family Peace Center, Harmony Social Services, and Lutheran Social and Refugee Services to choose 240 families and seniors. Um, Like Joe said, we have 95 seniors, 145 families every year. And we ask the agencies to choose families and seniors that may have their basic needs being met, but are not getting, you know, they might not have enough money around the holidays to have the holiday cheer that we all typically expect around this time of year. And so they choose um, 240 of these recipients every single year, and we try to make sure that we don't replicate because we know there are always more people in need that we can reach. Um, And every year we send out the letters and we let them know that they will be getting gifts, and oftentimes we have really fun exchanges. You know, I have to pick up my kid or, you know, ring the doorbell three times and I'll come down the stairs. (laughs) And we also, we have a wonderful woman um, that I'll let Joe tell the story. Oh, I call her the bucket lady. She's a delightful senior, lives on the second floor of a duplex in the central city, but she has some mobility issues, so she can't go up and down stairs very often. So when we ring her bell, uh, you'll hear from the side of the house her calling to you. And she's up in the window in the second floor, and she's going to lower a bucket with her house keys. <laughs> and that's how we get into the house to bring her food and her gifts. Oh, wonderful. And, oh, and then we spend some time with her, and we talk uh, and just, you know, have a nice conversation. And she's so appreciative. But it's it's kind of unique because if you go to her house, the only way you get in is by having the, <laughs> mm-hmm. the keys come down in a bucket. <laughs> it's like Rapunzel, you know. <laughs> Let it's down kind of a your re- bucket. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a – well, but you, you know that there this woman does have a need because she cannot get around. And now we're talking about we're getting into the beginning of winter. Mm-hmm. So bringing her food in particular around the holidays, and we bring people a lot of food. We really make sure that they're well served by the food. She is, she's taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a wonderful aspect, particularly for the seniors, because like Joe said, oftentimes in the winter, it makes mobility very difficult for them. And with our work with Lutheran, Lutheran Social Services, we actually do a lot of work with their refugee services program. So, and that is specifically with the elderly. So oftentimes we will have a significant elderly population that this might be their first Christmas in Wisconsin or their first winter, I, I should say, in Wisconsin because we do serve all denominations. Okay. Um, and 
lately we've it's been very fun we've been getting a lot of uh, elderly refugees from Southeast Asia so we've actually been replacing some of our food because often you know they can't eat pork oh, so okay. we typically bring them hams and now I'm looking into different kinds of rice and other things that we can bring them but it's really fun because this could be some of the first welcoming faces they've seen in the country, and especially during the coldest time that they've probably experienced. Culture shock, for <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. I imagine, yeah. yeah. And some of the new arrival families, it's kind of interesting, they're still catching up on the language, mm-hmm. but the kids are always oh. the first ones yes. to learn the local language. Yeah. So the children and these new families become the interpreters. So when you go to the, the homes and you want to you want to talk to them and talk to the family it's usually the children that are helping you with a conversation and it's back and forth and it's really a lot of fun because you see the kids are are in our school system in in most cases and they've learned a lot and the families you could you could tell how grateful they are because they're being welcomed into this country and this look in this community yeah. through the McKee Christmas Club that's great well what mm-hmm. about um you know, I can just picture right now the smiling faces of the kids, and and if I were to be uh, a part of McKee, I would love to be part of the distribution process, you know, mm-hmm. and to see the faces of the kids. Um, you know, growing up with, with uh, uh, the idea that I wanted to expose my kids, we got involved in uh, actually being the hands and feet on the ground. You know, it's wonderful to give. Uh, monetarily, that's definitely needed and it's fantastic. But if you can get involved somehow in the actual process, whether it's helping to serve the food or helping to buy the gifts. Uh, one thing that I did with my kids uh, is when we would go out and buy gifts for donations, I would let my kids buy for a a child that was their same age. So they knew what the latest and greatest was. They knew what they liked. So they were involved in the process and it's so wonderful. So how can can members of McKee Christmas Club be involved in the process along the way? Well, the, yeah, and the, the agencies that we work with, having their knowledge of the families give us children's ages, and we do ask for sizes. So we're going to give them gifts that are really relevant to them in that time and place. So the, that's part of the personalized nature of McKee. So we're really buying for a real kid at that we know what their age is, what their size is. And then we actually bring it to their home so we can meet the family. So it's not just one of those things where sometimes these gift exchanges are in a big hall or right. whatever. Right, come and get, pick out a gift. No, we go, it's personalized. Each, each sure. of our distributors goes to three, four, five different ho- homes, and we bring the food and the gifts. Okay. And what I about the shopping? The, yes, the shoppy, shoppy going part to of it. Say, um, when you were Speaking to bringing your children along and kind of reiterating the act of giving to them, um, that is a wonderful aspect, I think, of McKee, particularly with our first event, with the shopping that we do at Kohl's. They, many families will bring our, their children to help shop because we need help. I don't know what an 11-year-old likes to wear or likes to play with, so oftentimes you'll see McKee members bring their entire family because they know that their kids know best, like you said. Yeah, how fun, though, yeah. too. Let's go out and let's shop for somebody else. Exactly, and it yeah. really does kind of help hit home that, you know, volunteering is a wonderful thing to do and you're helping somebody else in the process while also being able to teach your children. 
a valuable. good lesson. Yes. Absolutely. The, mm-hmm. the idea of giving back and, and just being a part of the process. I think it's good to give a shout out to Coles too. So they're the ones that are helping you along the way? Yes, they are a fantastic partner of ours. Uh, we go and shop for children, for clothing, and for gifts um, for children that are ages 0 to 11, and then for children that are 12 to 18. Like I said, I don't know what a 12 to a 15-year-old <laughs> wants. So we, You're just a little older yeah, than that yourself, right? Yes, we provide uh, gift cards for them, for their parents, because they probably know their children better than we do. So you know, a 15-year-old boy, I'm not going to try and guess. So <laughs> Even I will when let I had a 15-year-old boy, it was hard to yes, figure out what yeah, they wanted, right? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. gift cards are always a good idea. But mm-hmm. how fun to shop for it is. the young. I mean, again, it's nice to shop and to give for anybody, mm-hmm. whether it's an elderly person, a, you know, a teenager or a young child. But I, I, I do have to say that the young children are a little bit easier to buy They're for. Fun. They definitely are. And one of the amazing things about shopping is that we do it all in about a three to four hour yes. time frame. Ah. It's amazing. We, we, we're we all the Energizer bunnies mm-hmm. going through the store finding clothing and toys uh, that are appropriate for the families that we're serving. So d- does anybody, I'm trying to think of some of the, uh, gosh, over the years we've, we've been involved with so many giving projects at Ellenbecker, but one that we have done a number of years is we've collected mittens for an organization. Um, to provide kids with mittens. And so we know that that's coming up, so we kind of shop all year long. The employees know, oh, we have the Hats and Mittens project at the end of the year, and so when things go on sale at the end of winter, we're out buying mittens. So are people buying things throughout the year that they can give, or is it specific to? Yes. Okay. It is specific. Like Joe said, we do it all in one day. The one benefit um, we had last year, actually, and thanks to Kohl's, we got a great discount, and we were able to buy all 95 blankets for the seniors that we provide every year. Okay. So thanks to have Kohl's. a lot of Kohl's yeah, cash, right? Yeah, we did. We had exactly. tons of Kohl's cash. Friends and family day. Yep. I think the blankets are all in my parents' basement right now. So <laughs> we gave those forward. one year to yeah. an elderly facility, and they're difficult to wrap, so have yes. fun. Yes, Maybe they put are. them in those bags. That's they what's are. nice about those mm-hmm. Christmas bags. Just we definitely have those, <laughs> and that's another aspect that's really fun is our wrapping event uh, that we do prior to the distribution because, obviously, you know, you got to wrap presents, yeah. and that's a really fun fun event to do. What about that being donated? You know, can people donate wrapping paper or, or wrapping bags, bows? What ha- You know, like uh, some organizations, when you need those supplies, it's better if people give you money. Okay. <laughs> because okay. Buy then you, Yes, and we, we have kind of um, uh, an ongoing inventory of supplies that we need. So we need gift boxes and wrapping paper, typically what you think of, you know, scotch tape and gift tags. And so we monitor that very closely, and through the support that our members and other organizations give us, we're able to buy those supplies, and we're just, when wrapping comes, we're just ready to go. Okay. So unlike other organizations who are saying, uh, you know, a lot of organizations look for socks or ask for socks or socks and underwear, you know, that's always something that the uh, homeless shelters are in need of. So you are saying for the McKee Christmas Club you're not looking for donations of specific items, but monetary donations, correct? That's right. Okay. Even okay. more so, I would say we're probably looking for volunteers because this doesn't occur every year without dedicated volunteers. 
Absolutely. Well, we've said before that a nonprofit can only have as great an impact as the resources support. So, exactly. So there are people that are either um, contributing time, talents, or resources, right? Mm-hmm. And we often have uh, groups that are dedicated to a certain event. I know we have the Rotaract group, which is an offshoot of Rotary that prefers to do and absolutely loves doing the wrapping event every year. Okay. They show up and they are just a powerhouse. Because some people hate to do that, right? I love it, personally. I, I <laughs> That's your nice thing. nice and nitpicky. That's your thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I probably like it too much. But no exposed edges. Got to be no, nice and no. neat with the tape. Exactly. My, my wrapping skills have improved significantly <laughs> through that activity. Yeah, that is, it's a great one. And then we have um, different church organizations that come to the shopping event every year and we actually had uh, Cole's employees that volunteered at the shopping event and even donated some of their gifts that they had purchased already to the event. So that was wonderful. And I know that the food boxing one is also wonderful at uh, Hanson Storage. We have a lot of Rotary members that show up to that one. Yeah. Didn't you say you were shopping one day and you came up short with with oh my the gosh. money? Yes. Yeah. I I mistakenly grabbed the wrong like baby outfit, I think. And so I had to go back and return it. And I was short on the change. And this wonderful um, store clerk said, you know, I saw you guys here yesterday because I had to come back. And she said, this is just an incredible event. Let me purchase this for you. And it was just incredible. You know, she I didn't know her name or anything. And she was just so moved by everything that we were doing through McKee. Well, that type of, of thing is really infectious, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's got a domino effect. When you see somebody out there doing something for someone else, you want to be a part of it, right? I mean, we always talk uh, about the fact that we are giving a blessing you know, to somebody out there. But we should also be talking about what a blessing it is to us. Yes. Right? Yes, we actually had, I remember, I was very moved by this last year. Uh, Some Rotary members, it was their first time participating in McKee. And they were a little apprehensive going into it. And then they came back and they were late to come to the um, dinner celebration that we have at the university club. And they said they just couldn't leave because one of their recipients was an elderly veteran from World War II. And they just Mm -hmm. sat with him and talked and talked. And they said they felt like they had gotten more than they gave. Oh, absolutely. And mm-hmm. I bet that that relationship will continue, right? It, I, would be, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. It was very moving and very impressive to see. Nice. Well, obviously we can't speak to everything that there is to speak about with the McKee Christmas Club. We're, we're trying to just plant a seed with the organizations that we talk with. But if there's somebody out there that wants to get involved uh, somehow, you had talked about um, – uh, volunteers and and people donating funds but what would you say is your biggest need right now membership volunteers okay um the more members we have the more we can sustain the efforts that we've already established that's important but if we have more members we might even be able to serve more families more households throughout the community and um we always need people to staff our our activities. We're talking about distribution. We need nearly 100 people to get all of the gifts and food out. And it's quite an effort, and it goes on for about a three- to four-hour period. Um, and then it's done because the recipients are expecting us. We we kind of nail it down to that, that a time frame where they can be there to receive us. Okay. And so the other thing we hope is that by having more volunteers, more members, uh, we'll also find people who will step up and be leaders in the organization, just as we have through our involvement in these past years. Wonderful. Well, 
Again, lots lots of uh, interesting information. I think if people would like to get involved, they can just go to mckeechristmasclub.org? Yes, is it yes, you are correct. Oh, and okay. McKee is spelled M-C-K-E-Y. Yes, so not McKee Christmas Club. No, 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 I'm sure you don't get, get that all the time. That. <laughs> <laughs> so go to McKee, M-C-K-E-Y, christmasclub.org to see how you can get involved and help bless somebody some way this Christmas. So I want to thank all my guests today, Steve Chevalier and Joel Caruso from the Rotary Club of Milwaukee and Sally Vliet and again Joe Crusoe representing the McKee Christmas Club. Thank you for sharing with us how we as adults can get involved in two of many clubs that are open for membership uh, if you will. So thank you for being here today and for all that you do. Thank you. Thank you. It's been an honor. Wonderful to have you here today. If you would like further information about the people or the organizations we talk to, uh, or if you would like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Tune in every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to News Talk Radio, AM 1130, WISN, to listen to our show, or you can tune in via the iHeartRadio app. For previously aired interviews, you can visit our website at ellenbecker.com, and you can now listen on demand on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. Join us again next week when we talk with other inspiring guests who will share information about how they use their passion for a particular purpose in making a difference in our community. And we hope that this will inspire you to use your passion, your talents, your energy to get involved with a local nonprofit in our community and bless someone in some way. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a great Sunday.